let's talk about how to protect your voiceover business from the bad guys. You're a voice actor. You're an entrepreneur. You're a VOpreneur. Welcome to the Everyday VOpreneur Podcast, your guide through the business of voiceover. This episode brought to you by Vocation Cancun. This is really gonna be an amazing thing. Vocation Conference is going to Cancun and they want you to be there. February 9th through 12th, you can stay at the gorgeous, all-inclusive Moon Palace Resort and learn about the business of the voiceover business. To find out more, visit vocationconference.com. Hi, I'm Karen Guilfrey, co-chair of the Vocation Conference. And this year, we're all heading down to Cancun. Vocation is the only conference completely dedicated to the business side of voice acting. You'll learn all about running your voiceover business like a pro with experts like Dave Fenoy, Maria Pendolino, Tracy Lindley, Tina Marasco, and so many more. And the best part? Vocation Cancun takes place at Moon Palace Cancun, a top-rated, all-inclusive resort. We hope you'll join us and take your business to the next level. For more info, visit vocationconference.com. The VOpreneur Podcast. Hey, it doesn't suck. Not as funny as Conan. Not as cute as Seth Meyers. Not as smart as Colbert. But he's one of us, and that counts for something. Here's Mark Scott, the original everyday VOpreneur. Hello and welcome to the Everyday VOpreneur Podcast, your guide through the business of voiceover. I'm Mark Scott, the original Everyday VOpreneur, back with some more actionable, practical advice that you can use to grow your voiceover business. So in this week's episode, we're diving into the subject of cybersecurity. Now, before you tune out and think this is irrelevant to me and my business, I promise you this is incredibly relevant to you and your business. And the tips that you pick up in this episode, one day, one of these tips or any of these tips could absolutely save your voiceover business. We cover a wide range of topics on this show, from using social media to email marketing to online casting, auditioning, and all points in between. But one area I've wanted to go to for a while is an area that I think many voice actors overlook. And that's cybersecurity and protecting themselves online and, of course, by extension, protecting their businesses as well. Probably sounds boring, but it's actually really important. My guest today has been working with computers almost since birth, from the sounds of it. He's earned a bachelor's (laughs) in computer science, and he will soon have a master's in cybersecurity analytics. So he's definitely the right person to help us understand all of this. Oh, And he also happens to be a voice actor whose credits include NASA, MasterCard, and Hyatt, so he gets how this all applies to the VOpreneur. Welcome to the show, Reed Montague. Thank you so much, and thank you for watering my ego flower. That was beautiful. This is going to be really good, and I hope that people will actually just stick around for this interview because I think, well, you know what? The biggest assumption with all of this, I think, is it's never going to happen to me. Yes. And we all think that right up into the part where it does. And then by that time, it's usually too late. And so right off the bat, at the risk of making everybody listening completely paranoid, let's start with a basic rundown of some of the cybersecurity threats that the everyday VOpreneur can face every day when we're working in an online and completely connected world. So first off, I, I'm, I'm grateful to have this platform and happy Cybersecurity Awareness Month to, to everyone listening. I know this is probably going to air after October. But we are, as, as a cybersecurity practitioner, and everything I'm saying is based on my personal experience and opinion, and always consult vetted sources to, yes. to get cyber information. But 
there are so many things you can do there. And I, and I hope we get to hit the gamut in this podcast when we talk VPNs, when we talk password security, when we talk about the data that you are holding for, from your customers, the payment information, so many things you may not think about, and then getting into that uh, social media game, the social media game that we're all told to play, because not only are we playing there, you have to know the people that want your financial information and that want information from you they're there too. Mm -hmm. And um, so these are things that I hope to talk about and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll dive into them. So what are, I mean, if there were, I don't know, say the three most common things that you think could happen to a voice actor from a cybersecurity standpoint, that, that are those things that we think never will happen to us, but actually can, what would you say, like maybe the top three are? 90% of the attacks that are seen, and I just went to a cybersecurity conference, 90% of those initial access vectors into these cybersecurity exploitation incidents, or these breaches rather, is phishing emails. And that's where someone, whether it's targeting you or whether it's targeting everyone opportunistically, what people try and do is send those fake emails you've seen. It's like, oh, well, you're, let's talk about your extended car warranty, but they change instead of high everyone, they'll change it to high mark. And right. so they, you know how we do lead generation, they can also do their own lead generation and yep. get a lot of information. You have to be careful with those emails. And, and I, I've been victim of this. I've been victim of a ransomware attack. I've been victim of losing money to a PayPal attack. And what happened, was that I clicked one of those links. And so the link that they sent me to, it was like PayPal dot, uh, an extension I hadn't seen before, but I, I was too young to recognize, recognize it. And it was a clone website. And so the clone website, I, everything looked great. I put in my username and password. It said your login failed. And I thought that was weird. Um, so I kept trying. And I, I eventually gave up and I, I got on a couple hours later and I went to PayPal.com, reset my password, everything was fine. I thought everything was fine. And then I start getting the email notifications that $50 has been taken out of your account. $100 has been taken out of your account. Uh, $350 has been taken out of your account. Uh, I didn't know where that money was coming from, but I, I, I can tell you firsthand, I think where we are seeing the majority of attacks are through these emails. And it's getting so sophisticated to the point to where I just got an email uh, and I had a friend send me an email like, hey, is this bad? And for a second, I couldn't tell. I had to use some advanced techniques and they're getting advanced. So, so, so to answer that, you have to be careful with emails. You have to be careful with passwords. That is so important. And when I went to this conference, what a lot of us were talking about, and what a lot of people were talking about in the presentations is password reuse. And, you know, for anyone listening or for you, Mark, or for me, I know I'm guilty of this. Can you honestly say that if you're not reusing passwords and you don't, don't answer that, please. But <laughs> if, you know, if you, if you are, or if you're like, no, I'm not reusing passwords. Well, if you're using a password, like let's say fall one, two, three. Well, when this, when this season changes, are you changing it to winter one, two, three? You know, these are things that adversaries are smart about. They, they want to outsmart you and they will. So you have to be strong with that password use. Um, and if you're reusing passwords, you got to change that. I just had something recently semi-related where I got this email saying, hey, here's your login token. Like when you do that two-factor, that multi-factor authentication we'll talk about, it said, here's, here's your token. You're ready to log in. And I'm like, I know I didn't just log in. What that notification was in my case and probably in yours as well, Someone found your password yep. through a data breach, through something, yep. and they they have tried to request that token. Good on you. You had multi-factor authentication set up. Yep. 
But I, going back to your, your, your comment about it's not going to happen to me. Well, if you're getting that happen, that happens to you. Yeah. They found your password. And can you honestly say that password is not on another account? Because I promise you there are websites where they can put in your email address and they can see where else you've been breached and they can go to that website, try that same password. And if you don't have multi-factor authentication set up, they're in. And again, I'm saying this from a victim perspective. Yep. Uh, that's how it happened to me. No, that makes sense because I've, I've been in a similar instance and, and this was years ago when I got notified from, I, I think it was like an old Yahoo email address or something. Right. And I got the email from Yahoo. That's like, we wanted to let you know, you've been a victim of a security breach or whatever it was. Right. And, and that was the first time that I realized like, holy crap, you know, I'm, I literally am using the same password everywhere. And that was when I finally embraced uh, Apple Keychain, yeah. and then eventually moved on to to another third party tool to use or get those unique passwords to avoid that happening. It's funny. I got an email from Netflix. You know, I say in, in air quotes. I got an email <laughs> from Netflix two days ago that you know we want to discuss a, pro a special promotion with you, and we would love to buy advertising space in your videos. We think that you're great, and blah blah blah. And then you know, click the click the link. And I mean, for me, the very first thing I did was look at the email address and it's like Leia.Miller at P.O. Box.SK or something yes. I'm like, okay, well, that is clearly not Netflix. I mean, obviously the, the, the email in and of itself, I'm like, yeah, Netflix is not emailing me, but right. it's, those are the types of things that you're talking about when you're talking about phishing schemes. It's, and, and it's one of those things where I feel like it's, if it sounds too good to be true, you know, then, then it probably is too good to be true. And you've got to watch on those emails. So, you know, speaking of phishing, Obviously, checking the email address that it's coming from is is one of the things that we can be looking at right out of the gate. Are there any other things that you would suggest that we can watch out for before we click? Great question. The The email address, 100%. Check that domain. Because again, when that PayPal spoof, that phished email came to me, the spoofed email, it it had... Uh, the email was was off. It was service at PayPal dot that weird domain extension I hadn't seen. Um, you want to check the grammar. Does it look off? Does it look, does punctuation look a little weird? Um, does it look like someone was a little drunk uh, as they were writing the email? Well, then that's a, that's a hint right there. Um, and, and also the link. Don't click. I, I, I have seen it so many times where someone clicks the link to figure out where it goes. There's a few things wrong with that. And it's just like when you get these text message notifications, I don't know if you've got them before, but it's bad here in the US right now where a random number will text you hi. Or recently they texted me, do you want to go play tennis? I hate exercising. So I knew that person didn't know me. I didn't know them. <laughs> and so when you text them back, you're one, you're telling them that you have a hotline, meaning they yep. know that's an active number. Yep. You're a real person. You have just signed yourself up for, for whatever they have in there their campaign. So I, 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 my point is, is when you see those links, don't click them. Uh, sometimes I will, and I'll throw it in a containerized environment where I'm safe and it can detonate and whatever on the very worst end, don't click the links. And, uh, another thing is if you suspect that the email is, is a phishing email, Gmail will not advertise this, but it, at the top right of your Gmail window, provided you're using that, there is a report phishing feature. You help your friends out, you help the community out. It helps them tag those emails as phishing when nice. they come through. So help help one another out. Yep. Um, so those are those are some tips I'd provide. Yeah, the uh, the text message one. I I get probably about two or three times a week. I get one yeah. from Amazon letting me know, you know, oh, you're we attempted to deliver your parcel, and you know, click this link to claim your package or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, I didn't order anything, so I know this right. is not. Legit, but if you're not thinking about it, right? If you order from Amazon all the time, you might not catch it right away and, you know, click the link and, and then you're screwed. 
They have a horrible sense of humor against me because I remember taking a call from from one of these these call center people or the the, the people out there trying to do the scams, and they said, "Is Megan there?" And I was like, "No, this this isn't Megan." And I almost gave him my name, but they said, "All right, Megan, have a good day." And I was like, "I I don't know what just happened." Um, yeah. And so they have texted me every week. Hey, Megan, here's this weight loss supplement. Like, I swear they've seen my Facebook profile picture and taken a hint, but they're sending me a weight loss supplement. They're sending me something every single week calling me Megan because not only do they want your money, they're going to harass you. You've heard these phone calls where they're yep. going to, you know. Um, but yeah, they're, they're, there's some not so nice people out there. And, and I know we're talking about the fundamentals of cybersecurity and having just gone to this, this big conference, the thing that these chief information security officers were talking about, what those are is it's, it's a little bit below the CEO, it's still in the C-suite that manages the cybersecurity for the company. They said, where we are seeing our breaches is from fundamental stuff. We're talking passwords, maybe not using a VPN. And it's this stuff, when you get those breach notifications, it was someone internal or external to the company not following these fundamentals. So I, I get some of this stuff, maybe common sense or basic fundamental knowledge, but I cannot stress the, the importance of, of what we're talking about. Yeah, the uh, it's funny. I do e-learning for a couple of different cybersecurity companies, which is one of the reasons why I started thinking about this in the first place, because when I, I do the e-learning, you, you start to understand some of the stuff that's going on and, you know, it basically scares the crap out of me. And so right. you know, I'm like, I want to know more about this. And so, uh, again, we're not trying to scare the crap out of anybody. We're, yes. we're trying to equip you so that you've got knowledge so that you know that, hey, there are things that you need to do to protect yourself. So we talked a little bit about passwords and uh, reusing passwords. We understand why that's bad, because obviously if you they figure out what your password is, they try it on other sites. Right. If your Facebook password is the same as your online banking password, mm -hmm. you're, you're pretty much screwed. Mm -hmm. So one of the other things that I've noticed, there, there's a fundamental flaw, it seems, with recovery questions, like yes. what is your mother's maiden name and, you know, where you went to school or who's your favorite sports team. And, and I want to touch on two parts of this. The first part, obviously, is why that is bad or can be bad from a password recovery standpoint, but also, and, and I, I don't know if you would call this phishing, it feels like phishing, but have you ever noticed when you fill out, you know, some of those quizzes that you see on Facebook, some of the different apps and stuff, and they ask you some of these types of questions? And yep. basically, it, it is a phishing or a way of phishing to try to get you to give up some of that information about, you know, what town were you born in or what school did you go to or whatever, because those are password recovery questions. Just talk to us a little bit more about that. Well, I'm sad. You just stole the major point that I, I wanted to make, and that's... <laughs> That's uh, that's been a great podcast. Send me my rack of ribs and I'm done. No, those are very, very uh, wild things. The security questions, if you've ever been told not to lie, well, forget that. You need to, I, I'm going to say you need to lie. Again, personal opinion on these security questions because just like Mark's saying, you, you can see those little repeat quizzes on Facebook. But if I get into your account, I'm using a password and you don't have multi-factor authentication, which remind me to talk about that. But if you, if I can get in with just your password, well, then I can get in and see your security questions. And maybe it's mother's maiden name. Maybe it's my dog's first name. Security questions that are authentic to you that you're going to know. So maybe I do identity theft or maybe I log into another website with your information and you'll see sometimes that as soon as you log in, they prompt you for a security question. Well, if I have your password, I have your security question, whether I got it from that website or I got it from a Facebook survey, I, I, I've, I've got you. And you're giving up so much of your identity by using that, that truthful information. And that's, look, I have personal information on my security questions. I, I know I need to go 
go change them. But don't fret so much about that part. That's if they get in it, the Facebook thing. Absolutely. And I see this all the time with friends, family, and relatives. It's, it's where did you grow up or what are the last four of your cell phone number and maybe not your social, um, or, or what street did you grow up on? These are, these are questions that, you know, when you're signing up for an account, you're, you're going to see them. Mm -hmm. And so by you reposting those and sharing the answers, absolutely. And, um, if you call a company and, 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 and you're calling over the phone and, and they're like, yeah, we, everything seems good. You're impersonating someone. And they say, all right, let's go through those security questions and you answer them because it was all leaked on Facebook. It's a bad day. So that in, in the, in the research I've looked at, I think it is, it is okay to, to lie in that situation. Um, and just be careful what you post on social media, especially that. And I have seen people post street addresses outside of those questions, just in comments, like, oh, where are you living? And someone went as far as posting your street address or, or cell phone numbers or stuff. Just, just, just be mindful. Um, but yeah, security questions. I, my takeaway is it's okay to lie sometimes. I do. I, I, I fully admit that I lie on those and I keep an offline list of the lies that yes. I've answered. <laughs> For all of those questions Shame on you. <laughs> so that, Hey, I'm, yeah. but, but I see, right. That's one of the things that I understand that that can happen. And so I'm never going to be able to remember what I lied. So that's why I keep yes. an offline list so that I have a, a reference point to go back to and, and do that. So earlier this year, Hive Systems released an infographic on passwords. I shared this on my LinkedIn and it went crazy, like thousands and thousands and thousands of views. And awesome. it basically says that anything less than six characters in a password can be cracked instantly. But if you use 18 characters with a mix of numbers, upper and lower case letters and symbols, it takes like 438 trillion years to crack. So is that the trick to protecting ourselves? Is it is it something as simple or can it be something as simple as just using complex passwords and maybe a service like Apple's Keychain or 1Pass, uh, what is it, 1Password or Lost LastPass or yep, something LastPass. like that? Yeah. So I know it's intimidating. Like when, when you do these password generators and you hit like forgot password, no, I'm sorry. When you're hitting create password and it gives you this string of text with like, like you said, exclamation marks, question marks, all this. And it's, it's 18 characters. I have a squirrel brain. I can barely remember the first letter, even if I look at it 30 times. So I get that that part's intimidating, but that is a major part of protecting yourself definitely using a long password. I'm not going to get into the technical semantics of what we call brute force password hacking, but it is, it is using algorithms and, and technology to crack these simple ABC one, two, three passwords. And again, in the research that I've done, you see so many passwords that are, are changing with the season. So again, if you have fall one, two, three, the spring hits it's spring one, two, three, or you have your password and you always put an exclamation mark and a, and a number at the end, these type of things are, are what are, what are known by these guessers. So you do want to use those longer passwords. It's not, it, don't use it exclusively, but exactly to your point, yes, use a um, password manager and find one that works for you. Do your research. And I, I have some resources I'll, I'll provide uh, later, but a benefit going back to the security question things is that these password managers have notes, encrypted notes, where you can put your fake, your, your, your lied to security answers in those things tag it to a, the website that you, you, you lied on and you're, you're good to go. It's all there in one source. And I, and I totally understand, like, sometimes people are like, I don't want everything in one gamut. And that's why I say, do your research, because a lot of these do have some pretty intense, uh, encryption and security packed in with them. 
I use one password and I'll tell you what was really eye opening for me was after, I don't know, the first couple months, I was just systematically going through and as I would log into a new website, I would replace the password with the complex password through, through the app and, you know, store them all. And it wasn't long before I had like 200 passwords in there. Yes. And and that's when it hit me that I'm like, okay, like I literally for years, I was reusing like probably about three or four different passwords across mm-hmm. all of these different sites. And you don't realize you're like, right. oh, it's my Facebook and it's my email. And it's like, no, there's like hundreds of sites every day that you're logging into that all require passwords. And, and it, it yes. that's when it really became real to me. Like, holy crap, this is how unprotected I was for a really long period of time by reusing those passwords. And so one password has been a game changer for me because I don't need to remember everything. It it all works very seamlessly and it seems very secure. And, you know, it, it helps me sleep at night a little bit. That That's great. It is a natural melatonin because of the, the protections that it provides. And <laughs> I, I'd say if you're listening and you're you're overwhelmed because in the talk that I was in, we it was it was called, um, you know, no BS about security. And it was a behavioral science view of cybersecurity that was so interesting looking at how many people get frustrated by this advice yeah and it was it was it was kind of shocking to me but i get it if i you know when i wasn't in this industry and someone told me oh use a vpn use a password manager i'm like please leave me alone but now where we are in cybersecurity, it's it's not even a you should i mean it's not a you you should think about it it's a it's you you should you should yeah and so the resources that i want to provide you mark to link after this podcast these are things that there, there's one through consumer reports where you go in and you tell it exactly what you want. You, you can be like, I have a PC. I want to be safer on my passwords. I want to protect my documents. And it creates a beautiful checklist that is intuitive, that speaks to you in complete, clear, plain text. And it makes your life easier. And you have a printable checklist or an interactive checklist of things that will make you that much safer. And I promise you just using something like a password manager or using something that is going to help shield you up a little bit, you're going to give the adversary a bad day, but you're going to really help protect you, your interest, your banking accounts, any documents you have on your computer. So if this sounds intimidating, I promise there are resources that I've researched for everyone to make this just that much more simple and digestible. And and I totally get that too, right? It felt overwhelming to me in the beginning. And I mean, there was a part sure. of me that was like, oh, great, just when I need another subscription, right? Because right. I think about it. But then I'm like, yeah, but if somebody figured out how to get into my banking or if somebody were able to get into parts of my business or get into my email or something like that, like whatever I'm going to lose is significantly more than a couple of bucks a month for Absolutely. a password manager. And so the, it, it, it is something that I think everybody should be looking at. You know, you need to market your voiceover business. You hear me say that all the time, but maybe you don't even really know what that means or exactly what that looks like. I want to help you with that. I want to help you to become a more confident and effective marketer. I've put together a brand new webinar that I'm going to be teaching live on November 15th at 7 p.m. Eastern time called the 10 Marketing Commandments. So just like some people will use the 10 Commandments as a basis for how to live a good and successful life, these 10 Marketing Commandments are going to help you to be a good and successful marketer for your voiceover business. The class is going to include tips for email marketing, social media marketing, and just general marketing tips that you need to understand. It's a great primer course, a great way to build a foundation to make you a better marketer. The session happening November 15th, live at 7 p.m. Eastern. And because this is an introductory webinar, I want to make it accessible to everyone at $47. Get the details and sign up 
at markscottcoaching.com. That's markscottcoaching.com and look for 10 Marketing Commandments. Now back to our show. On any given day, at least one or two people that I know you, you see it on Facebook, right? Mm-hmm. They've, they are, their profile has been hacked. Don't accept friend requests from me. Or, <laughs> yes. you know, don't, don't open that message from me. So apart from it being a massive pain in the butt, because once your Facebook gets hacked, sometimes it can be really, really difficult to, to get it back. I think people underestimate how dangerous it can be as well, particularly if you post a lot of personal information. What do we need to be thinking about when we're using social media to protect ourselves? Because it is part of business and marketing and and we are encouraged to use it. And I think we're all probably using it on any given day. 110 million percent, if that's even a statistical number. I remember being on Facebook a year ago. No, not even a year ago, probably eight months ago. And I had a, a family friend of ours that I hadn't heard from in years. And so he messages me, we're having a great chat and I'm, 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 I'm just so happy to hear from him. And then it starts to get like, oh, can I have your, you know, your email and stuff? I want to send you stuff. And I was so close to falling for it until I went to the the profile of his account and realized it was a spoofed account. And I, I was almost one of those people that said I had been hacked. But what he did was he went onto my profile and he looked at all of the things I had posted about that family member. And so th- he did some really good social engineering. And so you really, really want to think about what you're posting, but more to your security of your account. Think about if someone gets in your account, if you're a VOpreneur, like you're going to have chats probably with clients on your social media and potentially you're exchanging addresses back and forth. That gets into some legal stuff. If you, if an address gets leaked and and it was on your social media and you didn't take the max amount of steps that you could to protect it. And so I get it. I, I get the annoyance of seeing the account's been hacked, but I cringe every time because I'm like, whoever's in that account is getting messages. They're scraping stuff. They're getting, they're getting in-depth views of the friends on that account because maybe all of those friends that they're friends with have locked accounts to where you can't see any of the data unless you're in there. So they are constantly pivoting. They are constantly pulling stuff out and they are making a, a, a an empire of information. So you know, don't accept friend requests from them. Don't accept message requests. Sometimes it can literally seem like they are messaging you normally. And then you'll start to suss it out once they're like, oh, we'll click this link or, you know, give me your cell phone number or something and let, let's talk. All that to say is be smart, but social media is somewhere you have to be on your A game. And if you think you shouldn't post it, you shouldn't. And, and I'm going to side tangent for just a second. Um, if you, I, I've, I've been guilty of this before, but whether in a social media message or a text message, you know, we've all had the parent or the cousin say, text the Netflix password or give me, give me your credit card number. I'll buy this for you. Don't do that. Um, there's so many ways that can go wrong. And those aren't protected mediums to send it over. If you are going to do any type of messaging on social media, I do know Facebook has a secure encrypted chat, but again, it's, just be cyber smart as cliche just don't. as it sounds. <laughs> just don't. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> but now a service like Apple iMessages, for example, that is supposed to be end-to-end encrypted, correct? I, you know, I don't know how secure that is. And I don't want to make a claim on it and then okay. um, that's fair. Apple sue me. Uh, but, you know, that wouldn't be I think thing. WhatsApp is supposed to be uh, secure as well. But still, right, We've we've got to be careful. Right. And Signal, you know, things like Signal and those different messaging apps, you can look up encrypted messaging apps. And there's so much research that's been done on your behalf. And I still encourage you to scrutinize a little bit more. But yes, if you're going to do things like that, use an encrypted medium. Um, But to that point, just be careful if you do see a friend hacked and 
Um, those things worry me, like like going back to what we talked about earlier, because if they get into the password of your social media account, maybe you're chatting with a, a merchant and you accidentally give your password out because you don't know better. And so that person can go to that chat message with that password. And it's just, it's, it's so not good. So just be careful and change your password regularly as well. Um, yeah. A password manager is going to give you that really long password, which is awesome, but be sure to don't, don't let it stagnate. And now yep. I'm realizing how many things I have to do when I get off this podcast. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking the same thing too. I'm like, okay, it was great when I signed up for that and I created yeah. all those passwords, but now when's the last time that I recreated some of those right. passwords? Exactly. Okay. Let's talk about public Wi-Fi a little bit, because I know for me, when I need a change of scenery, I head over to the local coffee shop. It's a, it's a great to get out of the basement and, and, you know, be somewhere where yes. there's people and, and fresh air and sunlight and, and all of those fun things. Voice actors traveling to conferences, right? We're always using hotel Wi-Fi and different mm -hmm. things like that. So talk to us about some of the risks that are actually associated with public Wi-Fi, because I don't think most people realize that there are risks associated with public Wi-Fi. There definitely are. And I, I like to say that it's getting a little bit better because you're seeing this big move uh, over the past few years to what we call HTTPS or uh, encrypted secure internet traffic or secure internet browsing, I should say. But what you could also see is if you go to a Starbucks shop and you see Starbucks Wi-Fi, uh, you're gonna you're probably gonna click it, you're gonna log in, you're gonna accept their page or whatever it is and, and be done, and you're gonna have free internet. What what someone could do if they wanted to is set up a spoof network using a little device and they could instead of WIFI, they could do W L F L. And I know you're like, what are you talking about? But that I and L sometimes are look the same. Yeah. Yep. And so when you connect to those, you are you connected to someone's naughty network. And I hate that I say that, but let's <laughs> keep that in. And you know, you could, they can sniff your traffic. They yep. can, they can see everything. So you have to be careful. And I, I've, I've gone up to front desks or whatever it is. And it's like, Hey, can you verify this is the right Wi-Fi? Um, those are some things you can do, but also there are certainly dangers to just connecting to it. And, uh, if you are on a public Wi-Fi and you're not going to use something like a VPN, when you're browsing on the internet, look for the little padlock icon in, in your internet browser, what that's telling you is that that connection is secure. So every, most of the things you're doing inside that website are encrypted so that if I'm looking at it from the outside, it looks like gobbledygook to me. Right. Um, so you be smart and on public Wi-Fi, I'm just, I'm very hesitant about making any type of purchases or, or anything like that. I think that's something that I've noticed. You, you know, you talk about the HTTPS and there are people that are like, what the heck is HTTPS and what does yeah. all of this mean? But one of the things that I've noticed, I know Safari does this, and I think Google Chrome will as well. If you try to go to a site that does not have a security certificate on it, browsers now will usually pop up with a warning that says, yep. you know, you're entering an unsecure environment or whatever, however the language is worded. And so that is something that you can you can actually see that the an effort is being made to try and protect people. So you've you've mentioned VPN a couple of times. Let's talk about VPN because I know that I use a VPN. I've used one for several years now, but I think it's something a lot of people aren't familiar with. So what is a VPN and why do we want to be using one? I'm about to oversimplify this so much that I may offend cybersecurity friends, <laughs> but I'd say picture us being in a, in a, in a school hallway and you're in one room and I'm in immediately in an adjacent room and I am, you're coming up with the, the Mark Scott barbecue seasoning. Let, let's call it the just do it chicken wing seasoning. 
And a lot of what you're about to say is very proprietary. I'm going to be your manufacturer. I'm going to get this stuff out in bulk. Um, but for some reason, maybe I didn't shower. You don't want to come in the room with me and talk. So we're going to talk to room, a room apart. So you and I having this normal conversation, um, everyone can hear what we're saying. So if you have someone like Uncle Roy, you know, propped up in the hallway, he's listening to everything you're saying about your, your new seasoning, your new product. And he is writing it down. He's doing whatever he needs to make sure that he's the one who comes up with Uncle Roy seasoning and takes your recipe. But, and he knows exactly what room you're coming from. He knows what room I'm in as well, but you're the one who has this proprietary secret. What a VPN does is there's two benefits. The, the, the major one is that it's going to encrypt our communication, meaning everything you're saying to me, I'll totally understand what you're saying. You'll totally understand what I'm saying. He is just going to hear this wah, 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 like it makes no sense at all. Gobbledygook, uh, stuff. It, he can't, he can't break it and they're, they're caveats, but that's, that's that. And the other thing about using a VPN is that he is going to not know where you're coming from with a VPN. You can choose any place in the world to originate your traffic from. So if he wants to run in there and tackle you and get that recipe, he can't cause you may appear from a totally separate point. Um, in a virtual domain. So, so what it does is if you and I are, are talking, you know, over the internet, well, it's, it's encrypting our traffic so that someone can't sniff it as we say, and then someone can't tell where you're coming from. So I'll have no idea where in the world you're coming from. And, and that provides you a lot of different protections. It masks the IP, the internet protocol that identifies, you know, where, where you're located, what internet service provider you're using. And you're also getting that very, very, very important encryption that you don't want to, you don't want to break because if you do decide to go on an HTTP website, and, and what I mean by that is if you decide, if you see that alert that says, Hey, this website is not secure. It, it doesn't have HTTPS and they'll tell you that yep. and you hit proceed or continue everything that you're putting in a contact form or everything that you're browsing, it is all visible to anyone that wants to sniff in the middle of that. So a VPN is going to help encrypt all that and package it up. And there are certainly caveats, but that is the, the major benefit. If that analogy made sense, great. If not, I hope it was entertaining. And I mean, for me, I know that I signed up for a VPN. I, originally, I signed up a few years ago because of the fact that I was traveling a lot for work, right? So mm -hmm. I'm in I'm in airports, I'm in hotels, I'm in restaurants and, you know, traveling to conferences and all that sort of stuff. And so I really wanted to have something that would protect me when I was using public Wi-Fi. And yes. so now, you know, we understand a little bit better about that. Do we need something like that when we're on our home network and in, you know, we're working from our home studio or is it only a public Wi-Fi thing? What are your thoughts on that? Oh, that's a good question. I will add to that because it plays into what, I, what I'd say. When using a VPN, I do not know if I'd make financial purchases or, or things like that um, because you are on a, on a on a network that someone else manages, like your ISPs. But when you're at home, I, I'm not I'm not really using a, a VPN, and I, I I do that for a couple reasons. I, I I have a very strong antivirus and and scanning solution on my computer that you can pick up, like a really good antivirus product. And also, um, I'm looking at putting a firewall in, in, on on my home network. That can get a little advanced for people. I'm not saying go out and do that, but if you're if you're worried about it, if you don't want, you know, to to I, I don't want to say to be tracked because you can always be tracked in a roundabout way. I, I'm I'm not someone that really uses a VPN at home, but it's not to say there aren't use cases for it, and that may be a question for the for the Googs. So, I mean, bottom line, though, is really, really where it's protecting you is when you're doing public Wi-Fi more than anything, which is where we should be more concerned anyway, because obviously at home, we've got a lot more control over 
who is on our network or I, I mean, we think anyway, I guess, right. I guess as long as you've got a strong password on your Wi-Fi network, right? Because that, that, that comes yes. back to that. Absolutely. Such an important caveat. Yeah. And uh, please, for the love of biscuits, uh, don't ever use the default router admin password. Yeah. I, you know, because if I, if I find that and I try that and I get in, well, you have access to, to everything in the network. So yeah, certainly do that. Now, maybe I'll use a VPN if, if I just talked to, like if I'm at home and there's a website I want to go on that doesn't have the padlock icon. Yeah. I may throw the VPN on there because I want to make sure that traffic's encrypted and I don't want to, I don't want them to know where I'm coming from. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's a, that's a good question. And certainly protect uh make sure your router has a password don't don't uh don't have your networks unprotected you can always go into your router interface and select uh you know wpa2 password is what it's normally called or just network password and make sure to set one of those up don't let your network be open to just any bob or joe that actually touches on a, another interesting point that i hadn't thought about but i think we should talk about it a little bit more because i do think that there are probably a lot of people that are listening to this right now mm -hmm. who are still using whatever the default password was when the cable company or the telecom showed up at their house and mm -hmm. set up their internet and, and created their Wi-Fi, and you've never changed it ever since. And so I think the other thing you have to think about is not only do they have access to your Wi-Fi now, which means they can potentially, you know, get into your machines, your computers, et cetera. But mm -hmm. let's be honest, how many smart devices do we have connected at home now? Good point. Right? It's not just your computer anymore. I mean, yeah. you know, Siri runs my house. I probably shouldn't say that. but uh, yeah, Alexa runs mine. Yeah. But so it's not just your computer that they're potentially getting access to at that point. It's everything that's in your house that you have connected to your Wi-Fi network. So that in and of itself makes a pretty strong argument for making sure that that password has been changed from the default and made strong, right? Absolutely. And the, I think the other thing I would add... Um, come, and I'll come back to IoT security or Internet of Things, those devices, Alexa and Siri that we're talking about, is if you can't recall the last time you've logged into your router interface, uh, I, th I think I think you should revisit that because what's happening every month, maybe every not every week, but what's happening often is that these router vendors that are sponsoring the or helping Internet route in your house, they're launching these updates that can be because they want the performance to be better or they identify little performance glitches or whatever it is. But also they're up they're they're doing security patches because maybe in the software they're using, there's a vulnerability that if exploited by a, an adversary or someone that just wants to give you a bad time, they can get into the, your router without having to worry about a username or password. So make sure that you are logging in and you're checking that last update and update your router. The benefits of doing that is that you're going to have a more secure router and home network, but also you're going to have faster internet connection. I can't say by how much, but they do try and boost a little bit of performance, but it, it, it may be negligible, but that's a benefit in, to making sure that you, you update. I think the other side of, of all of this that we should probably be talking about is it's really easy for us to think like, oh, you know, well, if they get into my Facebook or, you mm -hmm. know, whatever, if they get access to my Instagram or something like that. But we're talking about your business. Yeah. We're talking about emails that could potentially have confidential or proprietary information from clients in the form of scripts that may be in your inbox or discussions that you've had via email. We're talking about all of your invoicing and accounting and, and everything, the, the financials that are all related to your business. Like, You've got a lot more stuff on your computer that you need to protect than you're probably thinking about. And, and I think that's something that people, they don't think about. Right. 
I, I literally think about like if someone were getting my email and they see the, the audition or the copy or the booking I got where I had to go under an NDA because they're like, do not release a script. We're going to release it on a TV commercial. You're talking about a breach of XYZ. And, and that's that's tough. I mean, again, you you, you get kind of in the in the legal side of it, but it's all, you know, and that's the that's the big debate right now in the industry is whose fault is it? Like, is yeah. it the attacker's fault? Is it yours? So you have to be cyber safe. Um, but yeah, like there's so many things like like you said in the email, and also, do you have your do you have your client files on a desktop? Sure, you have your MP3 files and stuff, and unless that MP3 is NDA based on the content, I'm not as worried. But are we talking invoices? Are we talking like what do you think the client would not want to be shared? And that's yep. probably going to be most of what they had. There are different options you can there there file encryption things you can look up. Um, but you really, that's, that's, that's a good point because there's tax documents and everything that, uh, we have to be vigilant, uh, about for sure. I, I feel like, again, I, I just want to remind people that we're, we're not trying to bring the fear and the doom and the gloom and, yeah. you know, scare you to death, but it is an important reminder that, Hey, this is part of running a business, right? Yeah. When you're a voice actor, it's not just getting in the booth and recording. And, you know, I talk about marketing. It's not just marketing. Like all of this stuff becomes part of running a business. And and what we're talking about, although a lot of it probably sounds really scary, you know, it, some of it is as simple as a password manager and, and strong mm -hmm. passwords and just making sure that those passwords are changed and refreshed on a regular basis. Like it doesn't need to be this complex thing that you need yes. to do to solve. And I think that's really important for people to understand. But let's go one step further than if, if you know, worst case scenario, somebody gets into your machine and, and all, you know, crap hits the fan and mm -hmm. whatever. The one thing that can potentially save us is our backups. So mm -hmm. let's talk a little bit about backup strategy. How many backups do we need? Where should they be? Is it on site? Is it in the cloud? Is it both? What do you think about that? There is a general rule in the industry called the three, two, one backup rule, and it's two local backups, meaning, you know, maybe one on your hard drive on your computer, or you could have a separate hard drive if you want, and then one in the cloud. And, uh, those are, those are good. Um, frequency wise, some of them will do it automatically for you. Some of them will do it, uh, what the suggested interval is, which is about every 24 hours or every one week. Um, but I certainly recommend that because, again, having been a victim of of being hacked, I, I was a victim of ransomware. I lost all of my files. It was it was it was. I don't I don't recommend that experience um, unless you're in the thrillers. And I didn't have backups, so uh, that would make me cry. Oh, I I I don't even know how I survived that. that yeah that month. But if you have, if I would have had a backed up something to my Samsung and there's software to help you with this or my Samsung drive, and I would have had something to, to my cloud backup solution. And then I would have had something maybe on another drive or something. Oh my gosh, I would have been, I would have been fine. Um, and, and so definitely have backups. It's going to make your life so much more enjoyable if, if, if something does happen. And my other caveat there is, you know, if, if you're, you want to be careful on how often you back up because if if you do get compromised, you don't want to back up that compromised thing. So make sure that you are backing up and you have saved and archived backups that you can just keep restoring to figure out when you were when you were okay. And you can figure that out by using a really good antivirus solution. And so if you decide to back up, let's say you get attacked on on day five and you decide, all right, I'm gonna back up on day four. 
well, if you if you restore that backup, you run your antivirus and everything's fine, bada boom, you've found a clean backup. Caveat supply, but that that is the that's the that's the answer. Backups are so important. And if you are not doing anything with your backups right now, to include your mobile phone, start doing it. And the resource that I'll share at the end will will help kind of walk you through that. And this too is not strictly a cybersecurity thing. Like, hey, look, sometimes computers die. It, yeah, you know, it happens. I've had it happen. And when I had one of my computers die, I did not have adequate backups. And so now I do have two different on-site, one different cloud. Like I'm, I'm trying to be more than protected yes. in the event. And that's, again, not just a cybersecurity thing, but it, it is important to have. And, and one day it could totally save your butt. So we, we've talked about the fact that we have all of these devices that we need to be protecting that are all part of our business. And we've talked about all of the the information and the, the data that exists on these, not only, I guess, on these devices, but also in the accounts that we're using, right? If we're using Gmail or, you know, social media, all of these d- different sorts of things. So mm-hmm. we've got a lot of skin in the game and a lot of things that we need to protect. We've talked passwords, we've talked VPNs, we've talked backups and all of these sorts of things. Is there anything else that we should be thinking about? Any other strategies that we can use that can potentially help to protect us. There are so many things, um, and I will, I will, I will mention a, a few. The first one I want to mention is a resource called StaySafeOnline.org. I'm not affiliated with them. I, I, I have been to their website. I've went through their YouTube videos. A lot of the stuff I mentioned actually came from it. It's a website that again speaks to you in plain text, but gives you actionable advice to to be cyber safe. And I know people are going to hate me for saying that for the fifth time. That is a really good resource because I, I, my quote is, is your insurance is your education. So anything you can do to educate yourself is awesome. Also from the intimidation perspective, just remember one small change is a big win. You, you using a password manager today, or you, you, there's, there's so many websites you can go on to, to just look at cybersecurity advice, just making those small changes incrementally are fantastic. Um, you know, I see cybersecurity from the not so pretty angle, which is which is what I, I like to share here to help protect you. Um, Mark's right. It's not all gloom and doom and you can help bring out the blue skies by making these changes. So when you're looking at your home computer, if you don't have antivirus on it now or your antivirus is expired, go to Google, type top antivirus solutions and and, and download one. And, you know, I know a lot of us may be frugal and stuff. It's when you think about me, who's been a victim of ransomware, I lost a lot of money and files and time in that in that ransomware attack. I wish I would have spent what ten dollars a month on anti yeah. antivirus. It's 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 just it's things. It's like I, I should have made the investment. So make sure that you have antivirus. Another thing we didn't really talk about is multi-factor authentication. Yes. Okay. Let's let's do that. Sure. And, and you may have seen it on Facebook when you're logging in or something. It's it's when you log in with your password and then it sends you uh, a notification to your phone like, hey, you're, you're, you're logging in here. Uh, here's the code that you want to put in. Activate multi-factor authentication on as many sites as you can. I have it on my website. When I log into my website, I get a multi-factor thing because I'm not going into that website with just passwords. So anytime you see that, enable it. And if you're not sure if the website that you're using has it, feel free to reach out to their support team. Um, multi-factor authentication is a big win. And uh, yeah, so antivirus, multi-factor authentication, those are, those, are, those are big. Again, don't text your passwords or credit card numbers to, to anyone, even if they're your, your best friend. 
Um, and I, I, I saw something, I, I got the game show scam email that we all, we all love recently. Yes. And I can't yeah. believe that guy's still doing that. But I put that on the VOpreneur group, group because it's still happening. And I, I remember not long ago when I was a voiceover actor, I'm going to say desperate for my first job. And when I saw that email, I just remember jumping up and down, almost causing an earthquake where I live because I was so excited to have that potential first job. Yep. And, and so I get like everyone saying, you know, oh, the, the game show, the old game show scam. And I am so glad you know about it, but also spread that education to other peers because they may not know, just like someone posted recently saying they didn't know about it. And is it a scam? So yep. educate one another for sure. And, and, and just be smart and ask questions. If you don't know, ask questions. There are so many resources out there. Um, and, and I, I, I know I keep saying it, but just doing one of these things is going to make you bolster your defenses uh, against these things. I mean, we've really hit a very good gamut of things that I'm personally, I know I need to do after this, this, this zoom call, but these are things that will really, really help protect you and really make a difference. And there's a resource, uh, it's, it's the security planner sponsored by consumer reports. And again, you go to that page um, and it'll tell you, it's like, what do you, what do you want to protect? Like, what devices do you have? What do you want to protect? And at the very end of it, it, it lays out what you should do. And just doing that over a weekend or a weekday, when you, when you're, when you're doing your marketing or something, you're just going to help yourself so much. And the, the thing about it is in, in this industry, you know, it's like, well, how do I gauge if, if I'm doing well? Well, sadly you gauge well, if you're not being hacked, but, yep. um, that's, that's the bad thing, but you doing that is just making someone's job so much harder. So I'm pretty happy with what, what we've talked about. And I think there's a lot of actionable stuff that I, I hope people can glean from this, this talk. I think I'm really glad that you brought up the multi-factor authentication because that's one that I was not a fan of that in the beginning because it's mm -hmm. like, seriously, I don't want to have to jump through extra hoops. Right. And that's, <clears throat> right. that is the gut instinct that probably most of us have. I just want to log into my stinking site, right? I, I don't want to have to do this. But then I went through a stretch in, in the last year where I was having a lot of problems with Facebook. Right. And that multi-factor authentication, I can't even begin to tell you how many times it saved my butt because somebody Absolutely. was clearly trying to get into my Facebook. And so because I had a strong password and I do change my Facebook password often, I know that that was part of what saved me. But I also know that that multi-factor authentication ultimately was what really saved me because it does notify me when somebody's trying to do things that they, they shouldn't be doing and trying to log in in a way that they shouldn't be logging in. And so even though it can feel like a little bit of a nuisance because it's one extra step in order to get access to whatever the thing is, absolutely worth engaging the, the multi-factor authentication. Right. And the big talk that at the conference, the, these, these, big tech executives were talking about passwords going away and you can, you can type it right now in Google. It's, it's, it's trending right now, but, um, they are looking of making things, uh, making login be something like your cell phone or something unique and that authenticates you because passwords are not inherently built to be secure and they're not. So over the next few years, you're going to see Microsoft implement this pretty rapidly. In fact, I think they have on Xbox and stuff. But that shift is coming. And I think, I, I hope it makes things easier for people. It's going to be like, well, hit your phone and, and, and agree that this is you, or here's a little code that we're going to text you. That, that is coming upon us rather quickly. And so you'll, you'll notice it, uh, the services you're subscribed to will. Um, but what industry is, is saying is like, we know passwords aren't secure, even with multi-factor authentication. Um, so we're, we're going to see that shift and I, people are starting to really buckle down on security, which is really cool.
I remember actually something uh, might have been at the last Apple Developers Conference where they were talking about that too. I, I yep. can't remember it was secure tokens or I forget exactly what it was, but yeah, changing the way that we do passwords to to try to make everything more secure. So look, let let's do two different disclaimers. I'm going to do a disclaimer and then I'm going to give you the opportunity to do a disclaimer. <laughs> okay. So disclaimer number one: I am not an accountant and I do not give financial advice. That being said, if you sign up for one password. For example, uh, which is what I use, ExpressVPN is what I use. There's a lot of other VPNs that are out there, but but any of these software and services that we've discussed that are a subscription base, I'm able to write those things off as part of my business because they are now an expense for my business in order to protect, secure my business. And so, if you're worried about you know oh just what I need another subscription or whatever, you don't want the money, you don't want to pay the money or whatever, you should, I think. Yes, absolutely. But but then have a conversation with your accountant because it is very likely that you will be able to claim those things as a business expense, which, you know, let's, let's get as many of those as we possibly can. So that's Amen. my disclaimer and, and go ahead and, and give us yours. Sorry. I was emailing my accountant right now. Oh, <laughs> that's great. No, I mean, and like I said at the beginning, the information that I provided I, is based on my personal experience and opinions. I did a lot of, of research um, to make sure that I'm giving you stuff that is vetted by a lot of folks in, in, on this training side of cybersecurity. And um, I cannot recommend the staysafeonline.org website enough. I have no affiliation with them. They're a nonprofit. Um, they are great. They have a great YouTube channel. They're going to have great resources. And again, if able, Mark, I'm going to provide everyone with that um, the consumer reports link, yes. which gives you that action plan to cybersecurity. So, uh, all this to say, don't don't sue me. Um, you are never. I hate to say this. You're never never fully impenetrable from cyber threats. But yep. doing these things are going to help you be so much stronger in the fight against the uh, the bad guys. And you do not want to wait until something crappy has happened. Oh yeah, that That's like a then thing. it's it's too late, right? And so. Uh, we will absolutely put that link in the show notes. And if there's any other resources you want to share, we'll put those in the show notes. I can put in to one password and express VPN, which are two of the services that I'm using. Uh, again, we'll, we'll throw those in the show notes as well, but uh, Reed, this has been absolutely fantastic. And, yeah. and as far as I'm concerned, if one voice actor takes action after this episode to secure their social medias or set up a password manager or something that ultimately protects them, then it was worth the hour that we spent having this conversation and, and sharing the information. So thank you so much for your your knowledge and for being willing to share and uh, for doing it in a way that wasn't so technical that none of us you know couldn't understand it. So it, it all so made sense. That's good because I was sweating over here bullets like am I am I about to dive down the because uh, I I told I told you Mark like but before this call started if I start to get technical lasso me in like a, a wild horse so that's a uh, that's a compliment no it was everything was easy to understand and and I know again I know it sounds doom and gloom uh, you know so for some people it may sound scary for some people it may sound depressing for some people it may sound intimidating for others they're like that's never going to happen to me mm. you're wrong yes it could protect yourself. And, and I mean, if you get nothing else out of it than that, we're talking password managers, we're talking VPNs, we're, you know, we're, we're talking securing your home Wi-Fi. Like these are not complicated things. They're things that you can do relatively easy. It takes you an hour to set, you know, get everything that we've talked about to get it set up and rolling, but it could make a huge, huge difference in your business one day. That is, that's the truth. I mean, do it today. Don't do it tomorrow. Or, or if you're going to do it tomorrow, I, I'm a procrastinator. So do it at some point, you know. Do it first but, thing in the morning. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The first thing tomorrow's morning, the right next on. morning after. 
All right, Rebel, thank you so much. This has been absolutely fantastic. I'm grateful to you. Thank you for sharing your for time. For sure. Thanks, Mark. I hope you made a checklist for yourself. Maybe you've already got some of these things in place, and that's just giving you a little bit more confidence knowing that you're doing the right thing. But otherwise, get that VPN, get that password manager. These are things that you can do that are steps that are easy to take. And I will have links to all of the different resources that you're going to want to know about, including everything that I talked about and everything that Reed talked about. They'll be in the show notes. So check those out wherever you're listening to the podcast or, of course, online at vopreneur.com. Also, don't forget to check out vocationconference.com. This episode brought to you by Vocation Conference. Vocation is heading to Cancun February 9th to 12th, 2023. It's going to be an amazing time to learn all about the business of the voiceover business. The website again, vocationconference.com. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll catch you on the next one. The Everyday Vopreneur Podcast. Available everywhere fine podcasts are given away for free. Mostly, we think. You have a great website, right? Well, make sure you host it at some place that doesn't suck. Hey, it's Brad Newman, fellow VO Pro for 28 years and owner of UpperLevelHosting.com. People ask why us, and that's simple. We make it easy, respect your time, save you money, and just make all the magic happen. You don't need to know all the tech stuff when it comes to hosting your website. We got you. Ask around tens of thousands of client interactions later and six years of amazing customer service and not a single negative complaint ever. UpperLevelHosting.com. And scene. And that's a wrap. Thanks for hanging in. Thanks for hanging out. Want more Vopreneur goodness? Jump online at Vopreneur.com.